0: Chapter 8 of Carpenter's Geographical Reader Asia by Frank Carpenter. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Betty B. Japanese children at school, books, and newspapers. Everywhere we go in Japan, we meet many children going to school. We can easily know them, for the law requires that all school children shall wear the same costume. The boys have on kimonos over which are worn a sort of divided skirt that falls from the waist to the ankles. They also wear caps. The girls have kimonos and very full dark red or plum-colored skirts with heavy plaits. Their skirts fall to their feet, or rather to the foot mittens, which end at the ankles. They go bareheaded, most of them carrying paper umbrellas. There are now public schools everywhere in Japan, and the education they give is quite as good as our own. There are kindergartens for girls and boys, Up to six years and schools of different grades for those who are older, as well as high schools, business schools, schools of manual training, and great universities. All children are compelled by law to attend school until they are ten years of age, and they may go to the high schools if they wish. Some Japanese families are so poor that they need their children to help them, and such children are put to work in the fields, the stores, or the factories when they have passed the age at which they are required to attend school. Many thousands of boys and girls continue their education until they are grown, studying the same things that are taught in our country. After leaving the schools, not a few go to the colleges, and some graduate at the great universities. All the schools have physical exercises, and the girls, as well as the boys, go through their gymnastics on the playgrounds. In some respects, the studies of these children are more difficult than ours. Our alphabet has but 26 letters. That of Japan has 47. And in addition, there are so many word signs in the language that an educated man must know thousands of characters. Some of the signs mean whole words or short sentences, and there are curious ends and crooks which have to be learned. Let us visit a primary school and see the children at study and play. It is early, and the little ones dressed in their uniforms are tramping along on their wooden shoes through the streets. Some have their books done up in bundles with cloths wrapped around them, and others carry ink bottles attached to strings tied around the necks of the bottles. Here comes the teacher. We can hear him afar off as he clatters along on his white wooden sandals. He wears a gown of dark gray and spectacles cover his eyes. When he comes up, The children bow down almost to their knees and as they rise, suck in their breath as a polite mark of respect. The teacher does likewise. He smiles as he approaches the schoolhouse and placing his sandals outside, walks in and takes his seat at the desk. The children also leave their shoes in the hall. They have desks like ours and the schoolroom with the maps on the wall and blackboards remind us of home. But see how queer the books are. They begin at the back instead of the front, and the lines run up and down the page instead of across it. What curious letters! It is hard to tell one from another. They make us think of the characters we see on the tea boxes of a grocery store. Here is a class of five boys learning the alphabet. The teacher makes the characters on the blackboard, and the boys copy them on sheets of paper, singing out their names as they do so. Do they write with pencils or pens? No. No. They have brushes much like those we use for watercolors, and they paint the letters with black India ink. Notice how they hold their brushes? Their hands do not touch the paper. The brush is almost vertical, and instead of writing across the page from left to right, they begin on the right-hand side of the sheet and paint the lines from the top to the bottom. Each child has an inkstone beside him. Upon this he puts a few drops of water, and then rubs the stone with a little black cake of India ink, thus making his own ink as he writes. No blotters are needed. The paper is soft and porous, and sucks in the ink as it comes from the brush. They also write with the pen, and for this they use the same kind of ink that we do. There is a little boy learning to count with the soroban. He has a box of wooden buttons as wide as this book, and about a foot long like the one we saw the bookkeeper use in the store. The buttons are strung upon wires. They represent units, tens, hundreds, and thousands. And by moving them up and down, he is able to do sums of addition, subtraction, multiplication, and division more quickly than we can with pencil and paper. It is said that any sum in arithmetic can be performed upon the soroban, even to the extracting of square root and cube root. In some of the schools, we shall find translations of American textbooks, and many of the scholars will tell us that they think their hardest study is English, because everything connected with it is wrong and foremost. They must begin at what seems to them the wrong end of the book. They write from the other side of the page, and the sentences go across the page the wrong way. They also find the pen awkward to handle, but they feel they must learn to write English, for their country is now a world power and it does a great business with us and other nations speaking that language. The Japan of today is a land of books and newspapers. Nearly all the books used in the schools are made in Japan, and tens of thousands of new ones are published each year. The newspapers, like the books, begin at the back, and their columns run horizontally across the page instead of up and down it. The lines run up and down the columns instead of across them and one reads from the top of a line to the bottom, and then goes to the top of the next line to the left, and so on, until he finally reaches the end of the sentence. This is marked by a little circle, or the Japanese period, instead of the dot that we use. The newspapers contain advertisements, editorials, stories, and telegraphic dispatches. It takes a vast number of characters to form the type for one paper, for a thousand letters may be used on the same page. Indeed, the characters are so many that boys are employed by the printers to run from case to case and collect the type as required. End of chapter 8